0: Solutions for real industry challenges. Welcome to FNF Unplugged, the talk of the title industry.
1: Shania Baker, thank you for joining us at FNF Unplugged. Now, I know you as an esteemed colleague, but even though you and I have known each other for several years, we have only recently discovered our commonality.
2: Good morning, Linda. Thanks for having me join you on FNF Unplugged. I'm really honored to be your guest today. And yes, you're right. Linda and I have known each other professionally for some years and just recently discovered that we both grew up Catholic and shared similar educational experiences as we matriculated through all girl Catholic schools. We also realized we shared some other qualities being fellow Virgos and that we related so well on many platforms.
1: Now, Shanita, I really like to start with a guest story. So please tell us about your journey into this wonderful world of real estate transaction
2: services. So, Linda, I grew up in New Orleans, Louisiana, where there is a gumbo mixing pot of cultures. So my family has French roots as the lineage of both sides of my genealogy really stemmed from French plantation owners. I attended college in northeast Louisiana, where I soon learned that the culture was very different from that of my upbringing. Not so much that same New Orleans gumbo mix. I began my career in 1983 working for a regional lending institution where I worked in the commercial real estate department and moved to other real estate owned and asset management. My husband's job took us to Tennessee, and so I spent a few years working for a large law firm where I soon realized that billable hours was not how I wanted to spend my career. I happened upon an opportunity with a smaller underwriter in the early 90s handling claims and underwriting. And of course, that was completely by accident because nobody finds the title insurance industry deliberately. And ultimately ended up um, with that underwriter moving into managing the agency operation when the company's president recognized some other skills that I didn't know that I even had myself. 21 years now, I've been with FNF and currently serve as an agency consultant in the Central and East Tennessee and Northern Alabama agency operation.
1: Now, you survived a lot of brand mergers, or at least you say you survived them, but you didn't survive those brand mergers. You really thrived at each step, didn't you?
2: Yes, I did, Linda. Um, You know, it's amazing. Sometimes we have a lot of characteristics that we don't actually recognize within ourselves. So yes, in fact, I started with the company at one brand and that brand merged into another brand. And where some of my colleagues, you know, are no longer with us, I've managed to continue, like you said, to thrive in those environments and to really find my niche.
1: That's great. And it is a great story of you working your way through almost every seat at the closing table, and being able to really have that deep knowledge in these different areas, Uh, you know, being a paralegal, being in commercial banking, uh, having the title insurance background, knowing the realtors. But what challenges have contributed to your ability to really influence others now?
2: Well, that's a really good question, Linda. As I think about that, I think about a specific particular instance that happened very early on in my underwriting career, which really sort of was the crux for shaping some of the things that I think about now. And I'd like to share that story a little. So I moved on with a smaller regional underwriter, and I was working in the claims and underwriting department had the opportunity to speak with agents on a regular basis to discuss various underwriting issues. And there's a particular attorney um, that absolutely refused to speak with me. He just basically saw the idea that he was talking with an outsider and a woman of color, and he wasn't going to do that. So one day, happenstance that every underwriter was out to lunch at the same time. He was at the closing table and found himself in a predicament and really needed to speak to someone. So when the receptionist came to me, she sort of knew the story because he had always said, I'm not talking to her. And she said, he's in a pickle and I know you can help him. So can you speak with him? And I said, well, I can speak with anyone. But is he willing to speak with me? And um, what happened that day is I listened intently to His situation, but realized I probably needed to give him a little praise. And you're right, this is a difficult situation and helped him step through that. Well, what ended up happening at the end of that is just the influence of conversation and making it easy for him. He realized that he'd misjudged me and um, acknowledged that and asked that I come out to meet him personally. And that was sort of the beginning of my understanding that, you know what, it's my purpose to empower others through influence and really making a difference no matter your role. And I'm often reminded about a quote by Jay Danzi, and it starts, your smile is your logo, your personality is your business card. How you leave others feeling after having experience with you becomes your trademark. I have recalled that over and over again. How you leave others feeling after having experience with you becomes your trademark. So for me, I build the stage without feeling the need to stand on it. It's up to me to lead by my intentional actions.
1: Now, Shanita, this really sets the stage for, even though you're building that stage and you don't want to be on it, really sets the stage of great perseverance and great patience, you know, I don't know if I would have had the patience you had with that gentleman, but because of that patience, you're really using that now in your career to establish new
2: relationships, aren't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. It has taught me to be empathetic of others, to listen intently to whatever issue, whether right or wrong, that someone may have, and even to help me in how to approach that to gain new business. And that is something that um, is very important in the role that I currently have. You know, don't go into a situation with a preconceived conception of who someone is, give them the opportunity to tell you about who they are, and then use a little bit of patience and silence to sort of analyze where they are and then figure out some commonalities.
1: And these differences can be in a lot of different ways. It could be a stereotype, some certain stigma, maybe something related to, you know, what you were taught as a child or stereotypes that you inherited. Uh, And this includes age as well. I mean, there's, there's mounting evidence right now to suggest that Older adults constitute a stigmatized group. You know, how can we break free of these misconceptions? I mean, I'll give you just a quick example. I hear all the time that a certain young age group, they're the big tech savvy people, right? (laughs) Well, I'm not in that young group, but I pretty much consider myself a little tech savvy,
2: absolutely agree with you, Linda. Also, uh, there's a lot of conversation now that Gen Zers are the information seekers. And I find that really interesting because what I see for myself and really many of my peers are that they continue to remain relevant in their respective positions. Um, They're very knowledgeable of technology and navigate it well daily. We're continual learners who have a constant thirst for knowledge and really we're competitive and strive on strategy. So I liken it to the game of chess. How long the match lasts depends on the strategy. To be successful, the game requires that you think three moves ahead of your competition. It also requires adaptability in the event that the opponent makes a move other than the one calculated. So I always try to remember to remain focused and to not be afraid to enter uncharted territory, and that will ensure continued success. Being a continual learner and student of whatever industry that you're in will always give you a leg up and allow your career to thrive for years and years.
1: Now, what motivates you, though? I mean, we all kind of think about, yeah, we know we have to continually learn. We know we need to always explore new ways of doing the same thing. But what motivates you to keep doing it year after year and, you know, quite frankly, decade after decade?
2: Well, that's a great question, Linda, because I'm truly motivated by preparing the next generation. As you know, our industry is not one of those industries that you can... Go to college and take a course, and you're going to be well-versed in it. The longevity of our industry is really dependent on those that come before setting the tone and really you know, pushing down, looking for intentional growth, and mentoring that next generation. How do we get the word to them, though? Well, we really have to get the word by them to them by actually being in front of them, seeking out others that you see talents in and speaking into them. Honestly, we also do it by walking the walk and demonstrating what we're doing in the industry as well too so that we're leading by example.
1: That is so true. Now, how do we, you know, how do we set that example or how do we showcase that example? I mean, right now, I think we're at such an advantage in our marketplaces because we are so video-centered now. I mean, back when you and I started our careers in real estate, video wasn't a thing. Social media wasn't a thing. And maybe that's not always a bad thing. But now we have these other platforms that we can really showcase what we're doing, how we're doing it, and the advantages of it. Tell me how you use these other means of media to get the word out, to utilize intentional growth and... Set the example for others?
2: Sure. Well, you know, it's so funny that I made a comment earlier that I build the stage and I don't like to be on it. Um, What I found for myself, I'm a big educator, so I love uh, engaging audiences to learn about this passionate area of title insurance that I, you know, just really feel a strong need for. And um, what I've learned to do in 2020 is to pivot some of that because- You know what? Our market has changed. How we get in front of people has changed. So I've really embraced um, technology and um, Zoom and Teams and regularly scheduled training sessions or even consultative meetings with existing customers and prospective customers to get in front of them. Uh, I think there's no replacement for being in front of someone speaking about something that you're passionate about and also exhibiting who you are what your knowledge is. And Fidelity does a really good job of empowering us with many tools. So we're the leader in um, the market in many ways. So we are staying on top of you know market trends and conditions. So, I'm speaking about that. I'm speaking about other areas that I have a lot of knowledge on. And mainly, I'm speaking about how to be impactful in the industry and learning what your differentiating value is. So, I often have sessions with some of my customers and speak to them about their differentiating value. My differentiating value is different from what theirs is. It's even you know, a little different from what our Fidelity brand differentiating value is. So knowing and understanding what that is, is really key for success.
1: So are you saying that you're having just as much success now with your existing customers and your prospecting of customers as you did last year?
2: Actually, I'm having an even better year with signing on new customers, believe it or not.
1: Well, you're going to have to tell us your secret then. How did you do this pivoting?
2: Great word, pivoting. That's exactly what I had to do. Um, really recognizing that what I did uh, last year isn't going to get me to where I need to be because you know I don't have the power of getting in front of someone one-on-one per se in person. So just developing a strategy to be able to um, get the attention of a prospect and to deliver that message. So that's meant embracing technology. I've had a lot of consultative meetings via video on Teams and on Zoom. That's resonated very well. And I'm able to get the attention just as well as I could sitting down in front of them because I'm invoking that same strategy. But what I'm doing is setting forth a time. So, I get that time that we've engaged and scheduled a meeting one-on-one rather than trying to simply just drop in where people are a little bit you know, uncomfortable with you just stopping in because COVID's running rampant right now that you're still able to get attention and to be successful. But again, it all starts with developing a strategy and taking that strategy and enlisting it all the way through.
1: A written plan, a written goal, a written strategy. I mean, I know you and I have talked about that a lot, but it is a tried and true method, right? And this method Do you think it could resonate with others in the industry? I mean, not only, you know, us in the title industry, but what about real estate brokers? What about real estate professionals? What about others in the marketplace that are struggling
2: in this virtual world? That is a really good point, Linda. Anyone in this industry However, we touch in real estate can actually benefit from having a strategy. I will tell you an an additional thing that we've been doing here in our market is having realtor CE education opportunities and doing those via Zoom as well, too. So in those, we're able to get one of our agents in front of them talk about what their strategy is a little bit, how they can help that they're providing this real estate education um, with the benefit of Fidelity National Financial. So we're partnering with them and then we're helping them to understand themselves how they continue to stay relevant via Zoom, et cetera. And also to continue to educate them on platforms and demonstrate how they can do something similar with their own customers.
1: So you're providing them some of that constant thirst. You're providing them information on that intentional growth and you're providing them huge learning opportunities. And we could do that with each other all the time. We don't need fancy platforms or fancy resources all the time. You're the resource. You are the human resource in this whole equation, aren't you?
2: Yes, but understanding that and continuing to strategize on that and how to deepen you know that level of engagement with customers is something that has to continue to be on the forefront
1: so I know this is going to be a a tough question to answer, Shanita, but how do we get additional people into this world that we live in and work in right now? How do we draw them into our business because We need additional diversity. We need people out there that represent the buyers and sellers in the marketplace. What would you tell a college graduate right now?
2: Well, I will tell you, I think that we need to be getting in front of College students to talk about the title insurance industry. It's an exciting thing to venture into. And what I would say is, you know, this is an area where, you know what, we need to get more people in here that represent the buying power of our current population. So, we need more people like you. Why don't you consider an internship for the summer with the company? There's young people that are in law school going out to the law schools and inviting them to come and to gain some hours by spending some time in an operation, learning what our underwriters do, even learning the sales and marketing side, because there is so much that can be done on that front, especially to sort of diversify what, in fact, our pool looks like. But bigger than that, you know, I'm a living example myself. So continuing to be a steward of the industry and to show them what, you know, success can come if you're just embracing something that is not very well known to others and start stepping out there and venturing out to being a steward for change.
1: You and I have sat at almost every seat at the closing table. Yes, you know, we've been that attorney, we've been the closing officer, we've been the loan officer, we've been the realtor.
2: <laughs> well, and that's the thing that makes it so easy to relate to customers a lot of times, too, is because you can empathize with them. And I think, you know, and what we get to do every day, Linda, empathy and listening goes a long way to being able to break down the barriers and really to being successful in this because, you know, we run into all kinds of personalities each and every day.
1: I heard that you have a story that you tell your family and friends.
2: Yes, Linda, and I don't think my husband and son probably would appreciate me sharing this story or telling it because they've heard it a time or two, but here's a reminder about a little moral story that I heard as I was growing up, and it's about words in our tongue. So our tongue can be a weapon, sort of like nails hammering into that wooden fence. You can remove them if you place them in the wrong area. However, the holes remain. Those holes are permanent scars on people's minds or heart, and they'll remain there forever. The friends and loved ones are really, in my opinion, a very rare jewel. So they lend an ear when we're going through a difficult time, they make us smile, and they encourage us to succeed. So I'm going to say to everyone, what a relationship, kindness, and they will grow. So let's remember to place our words carefully.
1: What a great story and words to live by for sure. And- We won't tell your husband that you shared that story, okay? (laughs) Sounds good. So as we wrap this up, I'd like to end with some of the advice that you've given us today. Be a steward of the industry. Be a steward for change. Embrace the power of continued learning. Be agile and adaptable. Shanita, thank you so much for joining us at FNF Unplugged. This was a great conversation.
2: Thank you for having me, Linda.
0: If you have questions, comments, or would like us to feature a specific topic, email FNFeducation at FNF.com. Thanks for downloading FNF Unplugged, a presentation of the FNF Family of Companies. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or an endorsement of any product or business. The views expressed by podcast guests are their own, and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent, including Fidelity National Financial or its directors. Please seek legal or financial advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed herein.